When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hope your long weekend has been absolutely perfect. We have an absolutely perfect show lined up for you tonight. It is the best of Inside Sports here on 6.30 Chad. Some of our favorite interviews from over the fa- past few weeks. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. We are going to dive right in with a gentleman who you probably watched on television in Edmonton on CBC about 30 years ago, Chris Cuthbert. In July, he celebrated 40 years in broadcasting. Inside the line, gets it back again. Beats cross ice, broken up by Samuelson. And Samuelson's pass off a skate, Bullock turns. With Ferraro, here they come, two on one, Bullock shoots, scores! David Bullock, Islanders! And there'll be a new Stanley Cup champion in 19. Eskimos take over on their own side of half around the 54-yard line. And Mike Riley going to work, going deep. Going Walker, touchdown! Oh, it is, of course, Chris Cuthbert, who we welcome back to Inside Sports. Chris, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. Thanks uh, for making me feel old, but uh, thanks for having me on. Well, we're uh, we're all getting older. I, I know we had you on a few years ago when uh, when you were going into the broadcasting wing of the of the CFL Hall of Fame, and I, and I talked there about watching you. And uh, when I was in high school, CBC Late Night Sports. I was living in Evansburg, and, and you were doing the late night sports. And I thought, what play by play am I gonna gonna have to bring you into the show? I'm pretty sure I would have multiple lawsuits if I played the golden goal <laughs> because of the Olympics and the broadcast rights. But I was like, David Volek, there is a classic that's going to bring back some memories for people. Well, it, it always uh, resonates with me because the guy that set Volek up for the uh, game-winning series, winning goal, happens to be uh, one of my, uh, my one of my favorite cohorts, Ray Ferraro, who everybody knows here too. So uh, uh, it, it was... Uh, it was kind of cool to cover that series back in 93 because uh, it was a pretty likable team. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think anybody thought the Islanders were going to win the Cup that year. In fact, they went way further than I think anybody expected, but they were uh, uh, one of those teams you love just going into the room to talk hockey with. There was guys like Steve Thomas, and uh, strangely enough, three different members of that team I've worked with in the broadcast booth, Glenn Healy, uh, Pat Flatley and Ray, so uh, they 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 knew how to talk a good game. That's for sure. Yeah, well that 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 was a fun highlight. That was the the Penguins were trying to win three in a row. I think didn't they go seventeen and one in their last eighteen games in the regular season, something like that? And then you, you know the amazing thing. I remember w- working with Dick Irvin that series, and he kept saying, you know, uh, there's never going to be another hockey dynasty. And I I I I, I thought Dick, if, if Pittsburgh wins here, they're they're three in a row, and who's going to beat them? But uh, little did we know the Islanders were. Uh, uh, were, were the team that was going to beat them. And I, I should have known that Dick Irvin would uh, uh, would be right all along. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you tweeted this out on July 7th, 1979, and I know you also referenced uh, the story when you were doing the, the, the broadcast I was talking about. July 7th, 1979, CKWS 
in Kingston. Now, were you actually anchoring a sports cast? Were you were you reporting? Were you were you doing like you know? I, so I was news. anchoring, and it was the first time I'd been on uh, on television. And they gave me the gig without even an audition because I had I had gone to Queens and and gone into the radio and TV station, and they had a an old uh, gentleman there who had been, I guess their version of brian hall who did absolutely everything all the play-by-play he did morning sports he did evening sports he did tv radio at all times of the day and and i i I went over and said if if i do these reports on queen's sports will you play them i don't need any money but i just you know want to get my foot in the door will you play the reports and he was happy to get some help and when they uh, decided uh, they needed somebody on summer weekend relief. They they put me on without uh, an audition, and halfway through the telecast, and without teleprompters, I thought, you know, sooner or later I'm going to have to look at that camera. And when I looked uh, up at the camera, I had to say uh, Mike Schmidt's name without uh, uh, without blinking, and apparently I blinked because I, I forgot the M in the name. Yeah, that that's incredible. Uh, you wrote that on Twitter. Did you know it at the time that you'd say? Oh, yeah, my... Yeah. Uh, my <laughs> It's a good thing it was an HD television back then because I could feel myself going pretty red. And uh, it was uh, Boom Goes the Dynamite uh, um, decades before uh, the one you've seen go viral. But uh, back then it was a pretty small audience and, and no no repeats or, or no Twitter to, uh, to have it go out on or awful announcing or dead spin or anything else. And uh, I got a call from the boss uh, who was laughing and said, you'll... You won't forget that, and uh, it's always uh, it's always been in the back of my mind that if uh, uh, that that could have could have been my first and last, unfortunately, it wasn't. Well, we all have uh, fun story. Well, just last summer, Chris, I can't remember what happened. It was it was in the summer, but the, I think the Oilers had signed somebody, or they had a news conference, and I had a relatively busy. I mean, you know what the the cycle is like for me. I'm not, it's not as intense in the summer because I'm on the Oilers beat, but. Uh, I'd been pretty busy most of the day. I get into the studio. I flip on Sportsnet. Okay, Blue Jays game. And I give the score. And then listeners start texting like, uh, hey, buddy, this is a replay of a game played in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so what can I do? You just got to make fun yeah, of yourself. You know, it, it happens. Uh, I played the 2015 West Final highlight there, Riley to Walker. That was in your highlight pack as well. Uh, I mean, I'm lucky to, to be able to talk about the Eskimos now on the station that carries the games. I have been a season ticket holder since 1997. Chris, you've been at Commonwealth off and on, uh, well, every, every season for, for most of your adult life now. Grey Cups, bad teams. I will say this, that 2015 West Final might have been the most joyous crowd I have ever been in the midst of. I don't know if you remember anything about that afternoon. Well, you know, I, I I think people were uh, people were ready to get back in the winter circle again, and uh, um, and that was the culmination of uh, well to get to get to the final where they won in Winnipeg. But uh, I, what I remember is what the the impact Darrell Walker seemed to make right from the start. I mean, this guy was just on fire like we'd never seen a receiver in the first few games of uh, of his CFL career and. Uh, and uh, he was a key element in 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 taking that uh, to the Western Final and beyond. Chris, uh, you have seen in the in, in in your time calling games in the CFL, especially recently. Uh, I mean, man, they've built some new stadiums. Uh, obviously, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, 
and uh, Hamilton, Ottawa. Well, Ottawa's come back and forth in and out of the league a couple times. <laughs> but I'm wondering, and I, and I get feedback from Morley and Dave doing the radio broadcast, do you have a stadium or two where you get in there and you're thinking this this was made for TV guys to call the game? Do you have a, do you have a favorite location? Well, I have a few. Uh, I've always thought the best uh, broadcast location was BC Play Stadium, but... Uh, but I, I think the most uh, uh, telegenic uh, that we have now is Winnipeg. I, I know that there are some faults with the stadium that a broadcaster doesn't have to worry about, but for us, it's a great location. Uh, I think that stadium looks dynamite on television, and uh, and Saskatchewan's there too. I, I, I think uh, I think we're pretty lucky now. I, I'm, I know the folks in Calgary would like to have a better facility, but uh, you know Tim Hortons. It's funny for broadcasters though, and I, I took a little jab at at, uh, at at your hockey rink this week because you know it is so high up for a broadcaster. It really. It really takes away our ability to to call a game as well as we'd like. I think anyway. Um, but Hamilton, it's funny. The old rickety barn that was Ivor Win was probably the worst stadium in the league, but but at the time had the best sight lines. And so I never minded going to Ivor Win. Now it's got a beautiful stadium that fans love to go to. It's now the highest location. In, in our league and, and probably the worst sight line. Although, you know, I, I, sh- I shouldn't complain because uh, our, our stadiums, for the most part, are, are pretty intimate. And, and I've done some soccer games down in the big American stadiums, uh, like uh, the old Tampa Stadium. And, and to call a game down there, uh, you know, that, that was, it was just a rumor down below, unless you have binoculars. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're pretty lucky all, all in all. And Commonwealth's always, I mean, since. I remember the first time I got here for the uh, first time I ever walked in that stadium was in 1978, and it was an Edmonton Drillers game. I was just visiting, and and I thought, wow, this this is special. It was state of the art then, and they've done a nice job of keeping it up. Uh, I, I got to ask you this, and, and a little bit of a behind the scenes type broadcasting question, but I know when you were on a, a few years ago, you talked about your travel schedule and the days away from home, and and you know fans will even say to me like, man, Cuthbert was in Regina. Thursday, and then he's doing a game in Montreal Friday or whatever. I, I you know, I over the years of, of hosting the Oilers broadcast, I've come up with a routine about how I prepare and edit my audio and kind of put myself in the mindset. You're doing that on planes and in hotel rooms. Like, have you gotten used to making notes on an airplane or you know, kind of getting to a hotel and saying, okay, this is work time and this is this is sleep time? Because you're a busy guy, and it's sometimes it's hard feeling prepared and, and doing all your work when you're on the road? Well, you know, I, I, I have a little system for football anyway. It takes me about two to three hours to do my charts, and that just happens to be about as long as, uh, you know, every week flight that I come out west. So uh, by the time I hit the ground, I, I'm usually... Uh, 
I'm usually ready, and uh, and that's that's the nice thing. So I I think the one thing I've learned uh, since I got in the business is uh, if you're going to spend uh, your life in the plane, you better uh, you better learn how to sleep on it when you when when the time comes, and you better uh, learn how to use it wisely uh, before games. So before games, I'm 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 pretty intense prepping uh, for games on the flight, and when it's all over for the week, I'm I'm usually crashing on it. So. Uh, uh, so so uh, three and a half million miles later, I've, I've, I figured that out. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, w- one more for you. And thanks for being so generous with your time. It's fun to have you on the show again. Uh, Chris Cuthbert joining us uh, from the CFL on TSN and, of course, hockey and used to be on CBC and all that all that fun stuff. I'll, I'll take you back to CBC Edmonton because, like I said, that's when me and a lot of people were first introduced to you. Uh, someone, a, a mentor or somebody in Edmonton who really meant a lot, of you, a lot to you at the time and helped you out. Oh, well, I don't know if you could ever answer that question without to anybody who had worked there that didn't say Ernie Afghanis. I mean, er- Ernie was the standard, uh, may still be the standard for uh, for any broadcaster that wants to get into the business. I mean, uh, he, uh, he, he did it the right way. He did it with class. He did it with uh, charisma that none of us uh, probably can uh, duplicate and... Uh, uh, I just think the world of uh, Ernie, and, and he he dropped by the CBC Edmonton studios once uh, once every few weeks, and uh, he always made sure to say hello and give some words of encouragement. Those are the guys that uh, you know I grew up watching and and idolizing, and and uh, although I you know I didn't really work hand in hand with him at CBC Edmonton, uh, his presence was was pretty huge. Always great to have Chris on the show, one of the class acts for sure. When we get back, Edmonton Oilers forward Alex Chason. Well, Alex Chason enjoyed a pretty good season last year for your Edmonton Oilers, 22 goals. He had that incredibly hot start, 17 goals, really by the halfway point of the season. A guy who went through professional tryout contracts the last two years to make teams and to stay in the NHL. Well, now he's signed a two-year deal with the Oilers, and we talked to him shortly after that. I guess the last couple of years uh, haven't been as, as great as what last week may have been for me. So uh, it was a little bit of a change. Uh, uh, like I said, I think uh, it's fair to say that my number one goal was to get something done with uh, Edmonton. But uh, at the same time, at the time, uh, there wasn't a deal that was uh, um, made and accepted by both sides. So. I guess I did my due diligence and talked to other teams, and uh, you get a sense of uh, where you could fit in, or you know who likes you and who doesn't. And uh, but I'm just glad that uh, my agent and Ken Holland works uh, things through, and uh, I was happy that everything got done on Monday morning. Well, and you talked about fitting into the lineup. As it turned out this past season, Alex with the Oilers. You had to fit in in a, in a few different places. You had several different line mates and centers over the course of the year. You uh, you you were on you were you were on the power play. You were on the power play. You know you moved around a little bit there as well. Um, did, did you ever have? Uh, how, how do you contrast your role with this past season's Oilers as to other times uh, uh, in in your career? Because you did bounce around in the lineup a little bit at times. Yeah, and I think uh, I've learned uh, throughout my career. Um, so that's that's kind of how the league is is gone to now. Uh, a league is you know you're you're 
people see you with, with wins and losses, and when things aren't going well, the coaches make changes. But I think for me, I, I uh, the best thing I can say is I, with the opportunity I had this year to play with uh, some of the best players in the league, play some quality power play minutes time. Um, if I went somewhere else, I may not have gotten the same opportunity uh, as I did last year. And my goal is to prove that I can do it again and be consistent uh, given that opportunity. So uh, I think a little bit of that I've learned from in the past that uh, you go somewhere else, it may not, it may be a little more money or whatnot, but it may not work on the ice. And um, I'm the perfect example that, you know, if you find a place and things work out, um, both financially and on the ice, then it's the right place to play. And you see a lot of guys that uh, sometimes go somewhere else and it doesn't fit as well, and they don't want to be that player. Alex Chason from your Edmonton Oilers joining us on Inside Sports. Alex, I've referenced on on this show a few times a conversation you and I had. I think we did an interview in the hallway of the downtown community rink, and and then we we shot the breeze for a little bit after. And, and you scored 17 goals in your first 34 games of the season. You had that incredibly hot stick. Your shooting percentage was up around 40. And you told me how things changed for you how opposing teams reacted differently to, to you when you crossed the offensive blue line as a result of that hot start. Can you, can you give fans some insight into how you were checked and treated after you had that incredible hot start? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's fair to say if, if uh, either you, you play with Connor or Leon or, or uh, Ryan that, uh, you know, they're elite talents and, uh, just like we do video on other teams, uh, most likely if you're playing Pittsburgh, you're going to pay attention to Crosby. So um, I think I was probably the odd guy out, I guess, uh, if I can say I had a little more space to maneuver in the offensive zone or find myself uh, uh, around the net. And I, I guess, <clears throat> excuse me, there was uh, no one around me. But uh, as the season went on and obviously the success I was having, uh, I felt like some of that stuff has changed a little bit, and uh, I'm hopeful that I learned a lot from that. I, I know it wasn't the greatest stretch for me uh, offensively, but uh, I'm looking forward to next year. I feel it's something I can rely on that I've learned from the past, and uh, I'm just hopeful it helps me going forward and uh, just mentally how I can adjust if things don't go as well for a couple games, and um, I'm really hopeful that helps me going forward. So what and look, we, we we talk a lot about how, in theory, there's supposed to be less interference in the NHL than before the lockout when they when they changed some of the rules. You're you're a pretty big guy. Would you find you're maybe being held a little bit, slashed a little? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Bit, they're trying to tie up your stick. What were some of the tactics uh, defenders would try to, to, to use on you? Um... I guess some guys some guys are, are pretty smart. Some of the older defensemen, uh, if you watch the game closely, they'll they'll swing their their arm into your 
uh, inside inside hand and they'll, they'll hold your stick and usually the, it's hard for the referee to see that the little things like that that some of the guys do and uh, they obviously do a really good job and it, it's it's just it's hard to get open uh, but at the same time I feel now with the league with the video what we talked about earlier guys do such a better job of defending and uh, using their sticks and blocking shots and all that so uh, I think for me obviously like you mentioned a uh, I'm a bigger guy. I've learned how to use my body and my reach uh, around those areas. And those are all things that uh, I've been working on this summer and uh, changing the direction and the angle from where I'm shooting. Uh, if it can give me a better shot, a better angle, things like that, that uh, I'm looking forward to try in training camp and hopefully just bring some more tools to my game uh, next year. Alex, uh, changes for the Edmonton Oilers, obviously, after a tough season. Uh, new GM is Ken Holland, and the guy you're going to deal with more on a day-to-day basis is Dave Tippett. You would have played against his teams earlier in your career when he was uh, with the Coyotes. I don't know if you've had any interaction with Tip since he got hired, but uh, maybe some of your expectations in terms of what Tip is going to bring to the Oilers and uh, you know, hopefully lead to uh, some improved, uh, an improved win total this season. Yeah, I think uh, um, when I started my career in Dallas, I, I played with a couple guys that have had them, uh, some of the older guys, uh, the Ray Whitney, Steph Robida, uh, Vern Fiddler, some of the guys had him in, uh, in Dallas earlier. And uh, you just mentioned that he's a guy that's really structured. Uh, there's no gray area in the system. Uh, everyone knows what the role, and they challenge guys. Uh, he challenges guys. Uh, to be better than what their role is. And I think that's a big thing for, for success in this league is uh, inside the team, how guys can challenge themselves to be better for more ice time. And uh, he's a guy that is going to bring stability to the organization. Um, now he's going to have a chance to, 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 to have some more world-class players. And uh, I'm, looking re- I'm really looking forward to this year. I think all the addition of the coaching staff and, uh, the direction that the the organization is going, the way the team is being built, uh, some of the changes are being made. I think it's it's looking good for the future. That is Alex Chason, current Edmonton Oiler, maybe a future Edmonton Oiler, Cooper Marodi, when we get back. Hey, it's the best of Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We are back with a live episode tomorrow at 6, including at 7.30 with Jason Moss and Morley Scott, the weekly Eskimos coaches show. Cooper Marodi, pretty important part of the Bakersfield Condors, the Oilers farm team this past season. A lot to talk about with him. Of course, he uh, was coached in college. One of his assistant coaches was Brian Wiseman, who's now an assistant coach with the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, Marodi also has a country music career on the go. And we talked to him about his new song. I gotta blame myself for all those dirty sheets Leave this all behind me You know back in sixth grade You kiss a girl and your life's changed It's funny looking back, it's not the same well, that is a brand new song by Edmonton Oilers prospect Cooper Marodi. Really good year in Bakersfield last season. Got into a few NHL games. The new song, Behind Me, he has out on 
iTunes, and uh, on Spotify. A pretty uh, interesting guy with some diverse interests, and he also played for New Oilers assistant coach Brian Wiseman, who was an assistant when Cooper was at the University of Michigan, and I'm pleased to welcome back to the show Cooper Marodi. Cooper, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, it's good to talk to you, and it's uh, great to catch up with you, not only about hockey, but about music. You and I talked at, at last training camp about your, your musical interests and and endeavors and you got the song out called behind me first of all how does it feel to have a single playing on itunes and spotify and, and something that the, your, your your fans and music lovers can listen to now yeah it's uh something that i've been really excited about uh a lot of hard work um i've been in nashville quite a few times this summer um i work out monday through friday and then after friday's workout um i fly out to nashville and work on the song and um, it's something that has been a lot of years in the making. Um, when I was in playing for Michigan, I wasn't allowed to release any music because of NCAA regulations, but um, now it's just really cool to have something out. I've had a great response from it, and um, I, I've really been enjoying the feedback. Tell me a little bit about the, the inspiration for the song. Can you tell us maybe the, the story behind it a little bit or, or where the idea came from? Um, yeah, I think uh, the, the song, I'm not going to, uh, not too much detail, but um, it's just it's just about living a certain life and making certain choices and maturing and learning um, from from life and and moving on and leaving it behind you and 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 being a better man. So um, it, it's a song that I think a lot of people can relate to and um, I think can get a lot out of it. So uh, like I said, I'm really excited to to have this as as a first single out and for people to hear this message and 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 use it for their own lives. Who are some of your favorite musicians or bands or maybe some of your musical influences? Um, yeah, I really like nowadays the uh, the country music is so so poppy and, and so modernized now, which I really enjoy. I'm not really a, a country country type of guy. I didn't really grow up, you know, riding horses or on a farm or anything like that. Um, but a, a guy like uh, a Sam Hunt, who's in, a big star in country music now, he he's got a really cool modern R and B poppy style, but he's technically he's technically country. So he's a guy that I really look up to um, musically, and also the fact that he was a college Division One quarterback and he he did music as well. So that's something that um, I think is really cool, and um, he's a guy that I really look up to. You know, Cooper. I uh, well, I think you're you're well aware that uh, I'm a few generations ahead of you on the age scale, but I'm pretty excited because my favorite band, Def Leppard, is coming to Rogers Place on Monday. Have you ever heard of them? <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've heard of them. Um, I'm not particularly a, a rock type guy, but music. But I definitely respect um, that genre and and the. Um, how skilled the musicians are in that genre. Um, but I, I, I know you'll have a good time at that. <laughs> <laughs> good, good answer, Cooper. That's, that's great stuff. <laughs> Cooper Marodi joining us tonight on Inside Sports, uh, talking about his new single. It's called Behind Me. You can check that out on uh, on iTunes and Spotify and all the places you can find music these days. we got to talk hockey with you as well. Brian Wiseman is joining the Edmonton Oilers as an assistant. He spent the last seven years with the University of Michigan as an assistant, and, uh, of course, you would have played with him as a member of the Wolverines coaching staff. Uh, what do you know about Brian? What do you think he's going to add to the Oilers staff here? 
Yeah, absolutely. He's actually uh, one of the main guy who recruited me to Michigan. Um, from the first day that I was at Michigan, he was so instrumental in developing my skills each day, watching video with me, and really pushing me to be the best player that I could be each day. Even if I had a phenomenal weekend, I scored a couple goals, had a couple assists. At Monday's practice, he was expecting me to be an elite leader, an elite player, and play the best of my ability. So I know myself and the other guys on the team are really going to enjoy having him as a skill development um, um, person to, to work with and also you know, just watching video, breaking down shifts, and, and things like that. He's such a knowledgeable hockey player. He was a really skilled player himself when he played so he had so much value not only on the ice but off the ice and developing relationships with each player and uh, he's going to bring so much to the organization well cooper and, and you know he obviously had a had a big hand in developing your career which took a step forward last season you got to play in six nhl games and you had 64 points in uh, 58 games with the bakersfield condors Let, let's talk about the the condors side of things first uh, a 17 game winning streak and you get into the playoffs I, I know you wanted to win it all and you were hoping to go deeper and all that kind of stuff but when you reflect a little bit on this Condor season what are some of the highlights that come to mind yeah it was an amazing season I, I think the hockey accolades speak for themselves but what a lot of people don't know who are inside the room is how much of a joy it was coming to the rink every day how amazing our staff was from Jay Woodcroft all the way down to Al Oman working equipment um, everybody was such a family. Each player looked out for their best interests um, in all aspects. When a guy got called up, they were excited for them. Um, everybody really supported each other so much, and that's what really allowed us to be such have so much success on the ice. And I think we had such a deep team, um, a lot of guys who wanted to play for one another. And it was just so phenomenal for me to, to play for the coaching staff with, with Jay Woodcroft there. Um, and J.F. Houle, they helped me so much breaking down video with me. And a lot like Coach Wiseman, even games where I'd play phenomenal and thought I had a great game, they'd show me the next day things that I can be a little better. So they were really instrumental to pushing me to the next level and helping me become a better player overall. And your six games with the Edmonton Oilers, you got to look in the NHL, obviously a step up. I know you had a couple good scoring chances, couldn't quite get that first NHL goal, but maybe just uh, some thoughts on those those six NHL games and some key things you might have taken away from those. Yeah, absolutely. The, game, the game's faster, and uh, you have to make decisions um, um, quicker. And, you know, playing in those games, I, I don't, I guess I wouldn't say that I had uh, crazy amounts of, of ice time and, and it was a little, um, you know, brief stint in the NHL. But I know in my heart that I, I can be a very, very good impact player at the NHL level. And it's just about continually proving that. And um, I'm really excited to continue to prove that this year. Like, it, it was a great experience. Um, I obviously wish I had more, but everything happens for a reason. And what I was able to learn down in Bakersfield and and become and the things I was I was able to add to my game are going to help me in the long run as an NHL player and hopefully to have a really long career. So um, this summer has been huge for me, and it's all about just proving that at training camp. Well, and let's look ahead to training camp a little bit. The Oilers have signed some depth forwards this off season, though head coach Dave Tippett and GM Ken Holland has said that you know they like a lot of players on the farm and that there are 
spots up for grabs that there are guys like you who are going to push and if a spot can be won then they're, they're going to give you every chance to win it so how, how do you approach this training camp can you tell us about maybe a, a goal or two that you have coming into the fall yeah, I think the, preparing for training camp started um, after last season ended this summer has been phenomenal for me. I've already put on you know six pounds of muscle, um, have added things to my game on ice and working with my skill coach. And I don't have any definitive promises, but all I can say is that I'm going to be ready to go and I'm going to be confident and I'm going to show what I could bring to the table. Um, you know, as you alluded to, there's spots up for grabs and – and I don't want to just be a guy who, you know, makes a team and is a 11, 12, 13 forward. I want to be a top nine, top six player. And I know in my heart that I can be that. And like I said before, it's all about just proving to them that I, I, I can do that and proving to everyone else that I can do that. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to do and is proving myself. All right. I'm going to have some fun with this last one. How do you compare? How do you compare the thrill of scoring a goal with the thrill of someone coming up to you and say, "Hey, man, I really like that song." <laughs> Both good feelings, I assume, but maybe in different ways. <laughs> how do you compare them? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you know, you know for sure when you score a goal that they're not lying to you. Um, but uh, I, I've heard a lot of great things from the from the song. Um, but I, I don't know. That's a tough question. That's a good question. Um, Obviously, scoring that NHL goal, that first goal, hopefully it'll be early next season, um, is something that I, I, I think will top that by, by far. It's something that I worked my whole life for. Um, but, you know, it's obviously great to hear that stuff compliments musically because, you know, hockey is amazing and it's something that I love doing, but it doesn't define my entire worth of who I am. And I think that knowing that it has allowed me to reach new levels in hockey and have more confidence coming to the rink every day. So um, that's a little bit more of an answer than I, I, I bet you expected, but um, that, that's what I had to say. That's Cooper Marodi from the Bakersfield Condors. He hopes to soon be a full-time Edmonton Oiler. When we get back, one of the all-time greats from the Edmonton Eskimos, Ricky Ray. On September 20th, when the Edmonton Eskimos host the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Former Eskimos quarterback Ricky Ray will have his name and number 15 go up on the Eskimos Wall of Honor. We talked to him on July 16th, shortly after the announcement was made. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what Edmonton does great is, um, you know, you you learn so much about the history, you know, of that franchise, you know, the moment you get there. I mean, um, whether it's guys coming around, um, you know, practice or get-togethers they have, um, you know, going to the annual dinner, you're seeing all the stories and all the highlights. Um, you know, some of the players come, you know, to, to the games. I mean, you're always, you know, around these guys or seeing what, you know, they did uh, to make the franchise so great. And then, you know, when you're out there on, in the stadium playing and you see those names up in the stadium, I mean, it's just another reminder. So uh, definitely, um, obviously, a great honor to to be able to go up there with those guys and um but i'm just so thankful i got a i got the chance to play for such a great franchise and you know be a part of that history ricky it's so interesting looking back i mean i can remember your first year on the team coming into that game when jason was hurt and then your first start against the bc lions you threw four touchdowns and it's interesting going into that nobody knew much about you how you were going to play and now we're talking about you going onto the wall of honor, but I imagine that, that younger Ricky Ray going into that game, um, 
you weren't thinking about that. You're, you're, I mean, were you just thinking, okay, this is this is my chance. This is my chance to to stay in the league. I mean, there's a there's a long way between there and here. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really remember exactly what I was thinking, but um, I just know going in, you know, coming out for training camp, I just kept thinking to myself, it'd be great just to make the team and you know be a part of a, a professional, you know, professional football team, learn as much as I could, and. You know, maybe down the line, a year or two later, I'd get an opportunity to play. And then, you know, obviously, I think it was the fourth game of the year, Jason got hurt in Saskatchewan. And, uh, you know, the next week I was starting. So um, it went pretty quick. I mean, I, I, I felt like I just needed to go in and, and do my job until Jason got back. And uh, that was just kind of the mindset I had was just to go out there and, you know, try and do the best I could and then try and fill in for, you know, a few games. As a younger player then and, and someone trying to fit in and all that stuff, not just new team, but new city, new country, all that kind of stuff, was there a, a teammate, a coach, or, or a mentor that someone or, or some people that that really made you feel feel welcome and, and brought you into the Eskimo fold? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Jason, you know, from the, the minute I got there, Jason um, was that guy for me. Um, you know, the quarterbacks, we, we would get there, um, you know, earlier than the rest of the guys. We'd report a little bit earlier. And so uh, I just remember showing up to the facility and, and you know, we had our first meeting with, with, the, with Coach Machocha. And um, I just remember after that, Jason just, hey, come with me. You know, I'm going to go throw. I'm going to go work out. Some of the guys are starting to come around and um, just really kind of getting, making me feel included. And then just learning from him, seeing his work ethic and kind of what it took to, to be a professional quarterback, um, was able to pick up those things. But, um, you know, it was a great veteran team, too. I mean, there was a lot of great guys on that team, um, you know, that, that really had been around. You know, Ed Hervey, Seymour Mobley, uh, Terry Ray, um, A.J. Gass, you know, Chris Morris, you know, a bunch of those guys. So um, it was just great learning from those veteran guys and, and just being a part of a, a good football team. Well, it's interesting. Chris Morris is now the coach at the U of A. He's actually joining me later on this show tonight, so that's pretty fun. Uh, Jason Tucker's a coach, uh, AJ Gass, Jason Moss. Uh, I mean, a lot of guys off that team, you know, yeah. Ed's managing the Lions. A lot of guys off that team yeah. stayed in football. It must be pretty cool for you to see that they're in other roles now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's pretty awesome. I mean we had we had a great group of guys there, and um, you know see them still involved in football, and you know see Jason doing well. You know Tucker now coach AJ Gas back up here. Um, you know Ed doing his thing in BC. So um, it's been a lot of fun. I think that's the what's been encouraging about the CFL too is is just seeing some of the guys that I played against um, who are now head coaches and and coordinators and you know Jarius Jackson and. And Dave Dickinson and, um, you know, Kahari in, in Montreal. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great way to, to stay in the game, and a, and a lot of guys have, have really done well with that opportunity. Ricky Ray joining us on Inside Sports. He's going on the Eskimos' wall of honor September 20th when the Eskimos take on Hamilton. Ricky, four Grey Cups in your career, two with the Eskimos in 03 and 05. Uh, in 03, I don't want to. I will never say a championship is expected because it's hard to win. But I think you guys were one of the favorites and power teams all year. Uh, in 05, more of an up and down season and, and some rallies in the playoffs and then that dramatic Grey Cup victory. 
Did, did those feel different? Did the, did the journeys feel different? How do you, how do you compare two championship seasons looking yeah. back? Yeah, each of them kind of has their own kind of story and uh, meaning um, behind it. And, um, yeah, like you said, in, in 2003, we, we were coming off a loss at home against Montreal, a team, you know, a game that we felt like, you know, we probably should have won. I mean, I remember going into 2003 thinking, man, if we don't win the Great Cup this year, it's going to be a disappointment. And, um, you know, we we were able to, to come in and have a great season and then go on and, and beat Montreal and Saskatchewan for that Great Cup. Um, in 05, it was it was different. Um, you know, we you know I struggled down the stretch. Um, offensively, we weren't playing our, our best, and um, you know we got a spark from Jason coming off the bench there, and um, it really propelled us. You know, in the playoffs and through the playoffs, and um, you know we were able to. I think we finished third, and we're able to win two road two road playoff games, and, and get to the Grey Cup, and, and win that one in Vancouver. So, you know, that one was was pretty special as well. Ricky, part of the story of your Eskimos tenure is obviously that it it ended when you were when you were traded to Toronto. Uh, wh- what do you remember about that time? Obviously, that's a, a trade a, a lot of Eskimos fans still look back on and 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 don't like. You went on to have great success with the Argos, but you know at that time, what was it like being traded? And I don't know if you sensed something was was coming at the time, but what do you remember about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really. Um... I wasn't really sensing anything coming, but there was definitely change happening with the organization. Um, you know, Tillman came on as the GM uh, the, the year before, and, uh, you know, they were, uh, you know, Cavis was a first-year coach. And, you, you know, we were kind of going through a little bit of a change, um, you know, from what I was used to in, in Edmonton. Uh, but definitely still surprised, you know, when I got the call, um, I was definitely surprised. And then, uh, but now looking back, I mean, I, I definitely understand and see, and, you know, you, you could see all the the reasoning kind of behind it. And, and uh, has, you know, looking back, you can kind of sense, you know, that something was probably going to happen. And, um, you know, I think it ended up being good for, for both franchises. You know, it gave me a fresh start in Toronto, gave the Eskimos a fresh start, and they ended up getting, you know, Mike Riley. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It went on and, and uh, you know, played really well and, uh, you know, won a championship for, for the Eskimos as well. That's Ricky Ray. It'll be uh, good to have him back at Commonwealth Stadium for sure. All right, into the 7 o'clock news we go and then uh, a little bit more on some big Oilers news from the last month, the Lucic-Neal trade. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.